How can asset managers keep up with constantly evolving trade sanctions? On this episode of Nixa Talk, we'll review the current global sanctions environment and the steps that can be taken to remain in compliance. You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm Allison Lovett, your Nixa host, and on today's show, we're talking about how asset management firms can stay ahead of trade sanctions. Nixa recently hosted a panel of experts to talk about current challenges, including Russian oligarchs, the Iranian regime, and more. We asked Six Financial to lead a discussion among a group of global sanctions experts, including Dan Alexander from Charles Schwab, David Payman from BlackRock, Anders Rodenberg from Bureau Van Dyke, and Oliver Bodmer from Six. The following is a segment of that discussion. Sam Sunders of Six is moderating. Over the past two years, uh, there seems to have been an almost exponential increase in sanctions. Uh, be grateful for your thoughts. How would you summarize the situation for sanctions today? And I'd like to start with uh, Dan, please. Uh, thanks for that, Sam. So, I mean, I think that everybody should be aware that we've been in a fairly dynamic sanctions environment. Um, it seems like things are coming out every week, um, including a number of large program changes and introductions. Um, and I think that it's going to be critical that every institution have in place a process whereby when these are announced, they know who to work with in their business lines, what their product set is, and then how they can communicate that up to senior management. Um, and then in turn, that should really feed their resourcing and assessment as to whether or not they have the appropriate resources to handle all of these sanction changes. And then that also feeds into um, whether or not they have the appropriate technology um, that provides all the controls that are going to be needed and uh, how, whether the technology has the appropriate settings um, and the appropriate lists since we have so many of them now. Thank, thank you, Dan. Uh, David, would you like to come in here? Sure. You know, just kind of stressing what Dan said about the dynamics of this, there was just a sanctions announcement this morning, I think about an hour ago, with respect to Iran. I think sanctions has been a cornerstone of U.S. foreign policy, at least um, for the last 10 years. It's been taken extremely seriously um, by the last administration, and I think it's going to be continue to be taken seriously by this administration. And I think you will see a, a focus um, on, on enforcement, a focus on um, issuing sophisticated sanctions that considers the impact on industries while also considering our national security concerns. So I, I think there's a lot to appreciate um, with respect to just this past year about new sanctions issued against Russia, against Venezuela. We saw the withdrawal from the JCPOA um, this morning's announcement related to the JCPOA. Um, I think, you know, companies would be doing themselves a great service. Obviously, large financial institutions have had sophisticated compliance programs in place. I think um, to the extent medium-sized 
or small size institutions that do business outside of the United States, especially, um, would be well advised to probably take into that, take into account the implications of the new sanctions and consider for themselves what kind of risk assessment program, what kind of sanctions compliance program they may need to implement going forward. No, some great points, David. And actually, that, that's, a, that's a great point for, for Anders. I mean, how can, how can kind of we support this with, with, with resources and technology? Yeah, no, uh, uh, thank you, Sam. And thank you for clarifying that, uh, at least to my knowledge, I don't have any connections to, uh, to Mr. Rottenberg. Uh, despite, despite <laughs> yeah, the yeah no but but uh, but to the points uh, that has been mentioned so far again yeah this is really a, a very dynamic and and constantly changing uh, environment uh, and and also the type of sanctions is is maybe a point um, that is that is worth mentioning that we're seeing the smart sanctions coming in the SSI sanctions from 2014 uh, and and uh, I I think this is definitely uh, also to um, to David's point not not something that is going to stop anytime soon um, one of the reasons is probably also that, that they are actually quite effective, especially if we're looking at the, uh, the SSI sanctions. Uh, the U.S. State Department did a, uh, an, a study back in December 2016, and we could see that those uh, individual companies that had been targeted uh, had lost uh, more than a third of their operating revenue, uh, half of their asset value, and, and, a, and a third of their employees. So uh, this toolbox is definitely a, a, um, a something that is working and, and hence uh, um, something that is attractive from a political level. Um, and then, yeah, the second part is then because this is not going to go away and uh, we'll probably just see even more uh, uh, to the points made, made also by Dan, it, it is important to, to make sure that the right resources are in place um, and, and getting the technology in, in place to, to sort of at least um, try and mitigate as much as possible uh, with technology and, and then uh, leave the rest to, to the people. Thanks, Anders. And, and, and lastly, to Oliver, any comments? Yeah, I, I really think it, is, it, is, it, it must just be approach that cannot be done manually because when you want to link these data sources at first, the, the issued lists by the regulators are, are very complex, and then you, you, you mainly want to cover multiple countries, especially when you're doing with Europe and, and the U.S. business. So you have to follow these. And then also the instrument security databases, there are tons of securities issues each day, and you need to link then the ownership mm. structure and all the three data sources, and this is just a, a process that is now no longer possible to, do, to, to be done manually. Mm, yeah, that, that's very true, and that's a challenge we're, we're seeing from, from many clients. So, so based on, on, those, on, on, on those issues, what would you say are the two main challenges to, to managing sanctions? And I'd like to throw that question to David, please. Well, look, I, I think one of the great challenges for, for U.S. persons is to understand the nature of their business relationships with non-sanctioned parties that may be deriving revenue from sanctioned touch points. And I think especially being sensitive to those touch points in Iran and, and, and Venezuela and, and also Russia. Um, you, you know, I, I, I think that's an area where the regulations have a lot to say on it, um, and I'm not sure if it's been appreciated as much in the industry. But, you know, there are a lot of non-U.S. parties that are not sanctioned 
that are still doing business and, and perhaps will continue to do business with sanctioned touch points. And I think the implications of that um, could be could be imp- impactful for a U.S. person. That's something I think uh, U.S. companies should start to appreciate if they haven't already. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point actually, and I think I think Dan would Dan also have some comments on this one. Yeah, that's I think that that is a great point, and it, it particularly in regards to Iran, that's going to be a real challenge if companies decide they're going to defy the sanctions and try to continue to do business there. Um, In fact, recently, uh, the administration made some announcements that any nation that continues to import Iranian oil will also be subject to sanctions. So, you know, when we get back to the question of what are the two main challenges, I mean, I think that's that's a clear one. It's how do we manage how dynamic this all is, right? It's it's everything from evolving U.S. policy and the aggressive use of economic sanctions to achieve their aims. Um, but then when you dive into the details of all that, you know, how, how do you make sense of what applies to you? For example, there's a lot of lists out there now, and how do you manage that? You, know, you have the Coast Guard getting in on the act and naming North Korean vessels. Um, so then you have to figure out, okay, so I know that all these challenges are out there. What is it that actually applies to us, and what can we do about it? Which, again, gets back to that, you know, really understanding through your risk assessments what your exposure is. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, uh, that's, yeah, fantastic information, uh, Dan. So, so I mean, Anders, can you come in on the the beneficial ownership point? Because that kind of links very nicely to to Dan's comments. Yeah, no, uh, certainly, because I, I think yeah, to, to take it one step uh, further to, to Dan's comment, uh, right, we have all these lists and we have all these names on these lists, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the big elephant in the room as well is, is also the 50% rule uh, by OFAC mm-hmm. and, and the EU has the same type of rule, they even include control, uh, but this is just where yeah, the complexities arising are enormous because not only do we have to take those entities on the list, but then also everything they own with, with more than 50%. And, uh, and this is, of course, where suddenly we, we have some very large complex ownership structures. We live in a globalized world. Uh, so we're, we're often not just talking about uh, a few extra companies. So, so uh, uh, even from a, a technology perspective, right, this is where every, everyone is, is being pressured a, to identify all of those entities, but also when you then have uh, have your screening solutions uh, or your solutions to see which instruments should be blocked or not, again, you, you're suddenly screening a lot more names uh, and you get a lot of operational challenges uh, uh, as an effect of that uh, on, on top of it. Thank you, Anders. And, and Oliver, any anything from a product perspective you might like yeah. to add? I, 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 can, I can probably also comment on, on, on you know the, the recent the recent uh, sanctions to the to the six to the six oligarchs uh, that, that 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 were effective on on, on April sixth. I mean just to see the complexity that that we have there. I mean these these were six individuals that they were linked to more than fifteen hundred fifteen hundred companies. Mm, just, just to have that number, and then you have to break it down to to securities. And this is, this is just massive when you have to, have to do this manually. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. 
expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixon News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixon member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.